Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Popping the Popcorn. I'm your host, Katie, and I'm here today with my uh, two good friends. I'm here with Sarah from Mouse Ears and Magic and Dislife um, Network. And then I'm also here with uh, Jay um, from Grand Circle Tour Podcast. And um, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. Aloha. I am fantastic. Right. So in, so in today's episode, we will be talking about the movie, the live action movie Cruella. So what do you guys um, think of the movie? What did you think of it? Um, well, it's like I've said on our podcast several times, I try to keep in mind that it's not the same movie. Like, I don't put live action movies in the same kind of category as the originals but i liked it a lot i've watched it several times uh, i'm i'm not gonna lie i might be accused of gushing in this episode because this is one of those times i have nothing bad to say about a movie i enjoy this movie every minute everything about it i I think this might be my favorite movie of 2021. You know, I saw this review and I just had to, like, it was like a really long review. But this person seriously gave um, it a two out of five. And that I, I, I have them quoted here. Quoting this person, it never answers the burning question posed by its own existence, though. What new information could possibly make us sympathize with the original movie's nuclear family-loathing, wannabe dog-killing monster? The further away from Cruella that you get, the more its connection to 101 Dalmatians seems a cynical attempt to leash an existing Disney intellectual property to a story that has no organic connection with it. Okay, I'm going to counter her two-star argument with my ten-star argument here. Um, <laughs> I kind of have a theory, and maybe this is just me, my own headcanon. I like to think that this Cruella is an alternate universe than the one from the animated film. Yeah. This isn't that same universe. This is very, um, this is Disney does Joker, but in a good way for the family. Right. It's like a very steampunk movie. Oh, like, dude. No, yes. it's 70s. When, when they said uh, 70s punk London, I went, thank you, Disney. You're making a movie just for me. Guys. Yeah, yeah I think steampunk is like um, the new like era, like the new age for everyone. Yeah, I kind of hope so, because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to reveal my age here, but uh, mm -hmm. punk is like, old 70s punk is in my wheelhouse. I, I still listen to it. Well, I kind of feel like, and it may just be in my head, but I've always thought that styles kind of go in circles. Yeah. And like in the 70s, you had the steampunk or punk rock. And then in the 90s, you had that edgy grunge punk rock. And then here we are 20 years later. So it's 2020, 20. Now we are having it again. And I like it. I'm all for it. I hope the 90s comes back. That was a fun time. I, I like this style a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, it, um, fashion has has been, like, since the dawn of ages. And um, 
the fashion sense is just always different everywhere you go. Yeah. Well, it kind of like, cir- like I said, it circles. In the 90s, we had the middle parts and blah, 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 like the wild leg pants and bell bottoms. And then now this new generation is saying, hey, you're lame if you have a side parted hair and you're wearing skinny jeans, you're lame. And I'm like, dude, we've been, we, your style, we were doing that before you were ever even born. What is your problem? I like punk. I don't give a toot what these people think. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But, so you think this person's completely wrong. Do you think it answers the question? I think this is more of a, and this is why I don't want a second one. I think this is a character study. I think this is just a fun excuse to get um, an Academy Award winning actress who's fantastic and everything to take this part. Um, this is a character I had no interest in before this movie. Like, I'm a huge dog person. So, Cruella's a character I have never cared about until this version. And so, I like to think of this kind of like the way of Joker. This is a character piece, a character study, and it's a one-off. Let's have fun with it. And I, I, I will say she ends the movie with five dogs and gives two puppies as presents. I don't see this being the one that goes down the, the path of 101 Dalmatians. Right. Did you not like the Clint, the Glenn yeah. version of Cruella? It, again, it was it was a fun for its time, but I just have never cared about this character. Yeah. She said never held interest for me. Yeah, um, me neither. No. I liked her car, but... Have you ever read the book, The, the 101 Dalmatians by um, Dottie, and I can't think of her last name now that we're on the air? Um, no, I've never, yeah. I've never read that one. The animated one is, is a very tamed down version of that one. Um, and neither one resembles this version at all. I mean, this but. is so far removed. That's why this is in my own head. Can this is an alternate universe. The, the events of the movie, the original movie aren't going to happen in, in this universe. Right. That's what me and my husband were talking about. Like he was disappointed and that fact that it wasn't it didn't follow the same lines but I, i've always thought of the live action as a complete it's it's not the same whether yeah. it, it follows the same lines or not it's not the same and i don't want it to be the same because you want something new every once in a while it's the cruella deville multiverse of madness <laughs> yeah i like it yeah i like that too I mean, like, get, get all three versions of the character to team up the Glenn Close, the Emma Stone, the animated one. Well, did you know that Stone and Glenn Close actually were executive producers for the movie? No, that's awesome. And I kind of, I kind of feel like they, like, you know, how she changes her voice when she's Cruella and changes yeah. it back. If you really pay attention to that, she's sounding like Glenn Close from the previous movie. Yeah. But then her, was, her, she does that, but then her laugh is the animated one. Right. So I mean, she's she kind of like melding, melding it all together. I really liked that. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. Corella's like not one of my favorite super villains until this yeah. movie came out, just because um, and the original one, 101 Dalmatians, she was just kind of like evil, and we never got like how she got that way. 
right. she was just evil and just taking over like like uh, the dogs. Was in that stuff. green smoke. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why Emma Stone is an evil. There's no green smoking cigarettes. Okay, wait a minute. There, here's the here's what I think the deal is. I don't think she's evil. I think she has a split personality. She's got a little psychosis going. Because yes, what happened was bad, but what about it made it like I'm killing all these animals and this that and the other. It doesn't really, honestly, to me, it doesn't truly explain why she is bad and why she is the way she is. Yeah, and even in yeah, the animated film, they don't even try to explain. She's just this campy, over-the-top, crazy fun person. Yeah. I mean, she's like over the top, and then she flips, and they're asking yeah. her, like, why are you still using that voice? You know, the job's done. Yeah, and, and I just want to go back to that two-star review, and I'm going to insert another piece of why she's wrong. <laughs> Um, and because there's a point where she it, she does start to act like the Cruella we know, and the boys bring her back. I mean, and she says, "This is my family," and in the animated film and the book, they're her henchmen. She doesn't really care about them. These are her brothers. Yeah, she grew up with them. These are her brothers. She loves them. They love her. I mean, he got her the job because he cares about her and wants the best for her. And I think having an actual family is going to keep her from becoming that other universe is Cruella. Right. I See, with that kind of thought, I feel like if they do a second one, it will flop. Yeah. I don't, I don't I, agree. Yeah, I don't even want a second one. I mean, this is fine. I yeah. Think, I think the way that they ended it was actually really good. I don't think they need to make a second one. Yeah. They kind of they kind of um, let off to where she's going to be in be and she's going to be in that mansion or whatever that house was hell hall yeah that's you what changed the name to anyways um i i will say i want to be in her gang if i can live in that house and drive right? that car for real yeah, yeah. She's a terrible driver so maybe you could talk her into being like her valet see, i'm a great driver i, I used to be a valet she's perfect emma <laughs> call me i'll be in the sequel right and I think Emma Stone is a, is a great actress because she's played in a lot of different movies and I just like her overall. And I think the role that she did to this movie, she, she played a really good um, Corella. And most of her movies are like top movies that I'll watch over and over again as well. Well, she's really good. Emma Thompson's really good. And then I'm sure that Glenn Close had a big part in it. I think all of them together were dynamic. I think it was great. Yeah. And Emma Stone is one of those people, I don't really care what she's in. She's great in everything. I just, I'll watch her in anything because she's always great, always good. Yeah. Enjoy her. I will say that throughout the whole movie, like when she had the red hair, I was thinking, please brush your hair. Please. <laughs> like it was making my OCD like, I was starting to twitch. I'm like, just brush your hair, lady. Like, do you own a brush? I liked it. It was wild. It was it was a little a little proto Joan Jett. It was uh, well, just a little, just just on the verge of, of being punk. Right. I do think that one of my favorite scenes in the movie actually involved uh, Emma Thompson, and it's when she said, 
uh, there's two scenes. The one where she like takes those businessmen apart and she's like, yeah, you're fat oh, yeah. and ugly and blah, blah, blah. Now get out. That was hilarious. And then a quote that just really stuck with me and I like have thought about it since then or thought about it and thought about it. If you need to talk about power, you don't have it. Like that was such an awesome quote in my mind. Like I love it. I could see someone put a, got a tattoo of that on themselves. It was one of those good movie quotes. I could see that yeah. too. Yeah, they were really good movie quotes, and Emma Thompson's played in a lot of Disney movies as well. Yeah. She and the the thing about Emma Thompson and Emma Stone was it me or did everybody in this movie seem like they were having a good time making it? I think they did. Yeah, yeah, and I I think they played off each other really really well. And there was some chemistry there. Like you could tell that they had a relationship and it yeah. wasn't just the movie. Everyone seemed to just, it just seemed to be having a good time the whole time through. Right. Yeah, definitely. I can agree with that. Yeah, and it's always good to know when actors are having fun themselves in the movie. It makes yeah. it, I think it makes it more memorable and a lot more people will go and watch it if they have more chemistry together. Yeah. I mean, if there's no chemistry, then there's really no movie. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not going to work. You, you know, it just remind me, speaking of, of the movie, and, and there is the one bugaboo is I would, yeah, speaking of how much fun they're having, I would love to see the outtakes. I would love to see the blooper yeah. reel. And why, for, I speak $29.99. Why are there no special features, Disney Plus? What the heck? Right. I know, right? Okay. So, speaking of everybody having fun and stuff like that. So I had this question that popped in my head. I was like, why does every time someone, someone always swings from one of those like banner type things and they always land in a cake. I want to know how many times they had to practice that. Yeah. That was a Probably. lot of cake. Probably a lot of times because they because you have to get it just right. And I know on sets, they have to set the marker. And sometimes they don't hit the markers or whatever that they have on the sets. So they probably had to do a lot of takes on it. Yeah, it was it was funny, though, that he landed in the cake. And then he picks up his little rat dog. That's funny. I love that dog. I wink. I love that dog. I wanted to adopt that eye patch dog so bad. Bring him to my house. I love him. It was so cute. And yeah, I'm not even a Chihuahua person. I have history with Chihuahuas. It's not good. But that one, I would take home. See, I'm, I'm such a dog person. All dogs are good dogs. All dogs are, are, are beautiful and wonderful. And that's why I never liked this character before. I would just, I, I, like, I love dogs too. I actually worked in an animal medical center for a while. But I would be afraid that my dog would eat Wink. Because my dog is like huge. Mm. He's he's massive. I just sit on him and crush him. <laughs> or what would more likely happen? Because Wink's got pizzazz. Wink would be bossing my dog around. Like he'd be the the head honcho in the house. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, yeah. I also like um like um how all the how the designers designs the sets in Pacific ways and stuff like that in the movie. Mm -hmm. Is it me or is the, like, um, the big, oh my gosh, my mind is going blank. The store 
have they not used that in a lot of movies? Like the underground part of the store and all? The set? The the Liberty store? Or the place where they're making dresses? No, the uh, the first one. the Where she's working and she's yeah. like clean in person. Um, I kind of thought it was a set, but it looked like something I, it, it's been used before. Yeah. Like I one of those they like that. take apart, put away, put it together, yeah. take it apart. Yeah. Or it's just a, a location that they, yeah. can, I don't know. I feel like I've seen that before. It's been driving me nuts. It probably wasn't another Disney movie or, yeah. or maybe a non-Disney movie. You know. I think, I think it was in one of the newer movies that, um, oh my gosh. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. It's all good. Um, but... Um, what was one of your favorite parts of the movie? Okay, everyone will go quiet at once. <laughs> um, okay. um, the whole thing? No, uh, give me a Yeah, the whole movie. <laughs> um, one of my favorite parts was um, when she got into the um, the Cruella Deville car or whatever you want to call yeah. that car. And she just starts driving because she's like so mad, and she starts running over stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was like trying to escape. So, yeah, yeah, I was laughing so yeah. hard. And then she gets in the car, and she basically has a panic attack with her eyes. I mean, she's such a great actor, right? She sells that moment so well. I mean, I like a lot of different parts. Like I said, yeah. I, like, I like the scene where. Um, you know, uh, Emma Thompson like takes apart those businessmen. That was just hilarious. I like the part. Like, I love, love the part where she changes her dress from white to red. Yeah. That is freaking cool. Oh that my was gosh. so cool. I was like, how did they do that? It had to have been like something weird. Like I don't know how they did that. Um. I like when she's drunk and she's like stumbling around the store and she's like talking to the mannequin. Oh funny. yeah, that was funny. While, while singing, uh, these boots are made for walking. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. I like when she, the scene with the song Feeling Good by Nina Simone, like that was great. I like that part. Like I, I just, I love the whole movie. Like yeah. there's, there's not a lot more to say. I think the the garbage scene, how in the heck did they do that? And how does she not get jerked off the garbage truck when the whole thing is like trailing behind her? How does that happen? Because she's awesome. Yeah. She's a secret superhero. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think if I had picked one scene in the whole movie that, that would, would be my favorite, it's, it's that last time she goes to Trafalgar Square and speaks to her mom, and she's like, listen, I I accept myself. I am who I am. I'm cool with me. I gotta go do some revenge. I love you. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm alright, but I'm a really bad person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, but I'm good bad. with me. See, I don't think she's bad either. I, she, she, she wants to make art, and she wants to make trouble. And I yeah. can totally... Empathize, sympathize, all the sizes with that. I love that about this character. Right. She's just I, an artist. I think that, you know, I, I wish they'd explained a little more the, 
part where she's like, when when her mom tells her, you know, when Corella comes, what are you gonna tell her? You know, to go away or whatever. Right. I wish they had explained that just a little bit more. But I feel like she's just a character that, you know, she's tried to be good. She's tried to do the right thing. She's dealt with a lot of trauma. And she just snaps. She can't do it anymore. She's she's mad at the world. She's mad at all the people that are treating her wrong. And I don't blame her. I would have done the same thing. She's tried to do everything that was expected of her. And in the end, it's like being herself and being free. It's the only way to be. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think everybody needs to do that. Yeah. I also would you say would you say this is a good message for little girls in a, in a weird way? Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think that it's a, a message of you may look different, but that doesn't mean that you're not beautiful. And yeah. like you may think differently about some stuff and that's still okay. You need to accept who you are because you can't you can change, you know, some of your habits and stuff like that, but you can't change who you really are inside. It's always going to come out, no matter what. Yeah, and her her family said, "We love you. Stop being the person we don't love." And she, you know, right. that that factor would be yourself. You're loved for it. Right. Exactly. And I also um, think she's misunderstood as well a little bit. Yeah. And um, and she's just like I think her confidence is actually um good and she sets like she's like this is me take me as i'm as i am or don't take me as i am yeah i could care less she's also like like with the whole um the baroness taking credit for everything and it's really all these other people that are doing everything she's like that one she's like the whistleblower of the the whole company she's like yeah no I did that, not you, and I'm willing to stand up for myself. I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to stand up for myself, and I think that's a really good message. That's a good be-yourself story. Even if yourself is, you know, bad, be yourself. <laughs> exactly. I think she's more mischievous yeah. and vengeful. You know, she holds a grudge like some something else. Yeah, I just, I just keep going back to I want to make art and I want to make trouble, and I'm like, yes, I get behind that one thousand percent. Yeah, Do both at the same time. That'd be a good tattoo too. I want to make yeah. art and I want to make trouble. Yeah, that would be a good tattoo. But I also think she's um she just wants like stuff for herself and and like you know the Baroness is taking like her her ideas and she's like no wait a minute that's my idea why are you taking this and so that's when they both were having like trouble and she's like nope I'm gonna show you off I'm gonna show well, you better. And it's kind of a nod to how corporations work today. I mean, intellectual property, if you did it on my my time, it doesn't matter what it is, it's now mine. Yeah. And yeah. There's always that contract if you're in a creative job where anything you create on ours is ours. Right. And I don't think that's right. I think that's completely wrong, but whatever, whatever. I just, I want to go in that store the um one that that guy had Artie's oh yeah Artie's yeah yeah Artie's 
I want to go in his store and look around because it didn't look big, but it looked like it had a lot of cool yeah. stuff in it. Can y'all imagine a masquerade party or something like that? Like that would be Halloween really cool. Party party. Oh, I, I, I'd let him do my, my costume. Yes, that okay. would be so awesome. I dug his, I loved his character, but I wish they'd made him a little more Ziggy Stardust. Oh, there's yeah, a, that would have been awesome. There's a little bit of it there, but I was like, you could have made him a full Bowie glam. <laughs> that would have been awesome. And it would have worked so well. Like, they were trying to hold back, and you're like, no, press the gas. Go <laughs> all the way. It's yeah. London in the 70s. It's a wild place. Let's get crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And I also Everything. like... Crazy. I also liked all the vintage clothes he had in the shop as well. Yeah, I don't think there was one outfit, even in background characters in this movie, I didn't like. I mean, I I was scanning every outfit, and every outfit was on was, was on point. Yeah, press and pause and yeah. everybody. <laughs> um, it's like the Zapruder film, you know, back and to the left. <laughs> pause. Oh, what is that dress? Or what yeah. is this guy wearing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I just want to like take some of that stuff like can i just borrow it for a little while well like too is it was it was it wasn't the disco 70s it was kind of the cool 70s yeah it was yeah, the better part of the 70s yeah <laughs> maybe it was like it was like a different time back then as well you know in the 70s maybe it was like more of the later 70s than the early 70s maybe well, I, I kind of figured the film took place um, in 75, just kind of... Like in the middle? Yeah, like right in the... It took place in like 75, because she said it was like 10 years after her mom got killed, and the sticker on the car said December of 64. So I figured it had to be somewhere in 75, which uh, I'm going to uh, uh, age shit myself here. It's the year I was born, so this movie is the world I was born into. <laughs> nice. world of making art in trouble. Right. Yeah. But I think back then, um, living in the 70s, I think it would have been also kind of cool to live in that era, in the 80s, just because of the, all the different like types of clothing they had and just how different the world is. Well, if you really look, not everybody was steampunk. So it's kind of like there is a portion of people that had that click, and then there was like, regular, boring people. What's the funny about the 70s clothes is I always thought, like, in the 70s, all the women looked good, but all the men looked like your creepy uncle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They look like salesmen. That's what they look yeah. like. Everything was a little too big. A little too big in the mustache, a little too big in the tie, a little too big in the everything. Just too much. <laughs> Women knew how to accessorize. Yeah, women look really good in the 70s, but then you're like, dudes, what are you doing? You all look like alpacas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're so funny. Um, but I also liked that the movie had, like, um, like it was a darker movie. Like, the color scheme of it was, like, yeah. a little bit darker. I also liked um, how it was kind of, like, a little bit darker, and some parts were, like, black and white and stuff like that. That was pretty cool. Okay, so speaking of the black and white, I've I've wondered this. So we know in the movie that the Baroness has suspicions, but how did she not like straight up realize that Estella was Cruella after 
she hired her because of the window scene and there's that same kind of style going on you know both ends like Cruella has that exact same style that she did in the windows so how did she not realize oh wow that's her duh that's why I hired her I kind of figured like she knew on some level uh, from the beginning uh, but once she hung out with her she knew yeah because there's no it's it, it the, the Clark Kent Superman situation doesn't work in real life right yeah same height same face even though they're putting a mask on same voice if you're spending eight hours a day with somebody and then you see them dressed up at night you're gonna know it's them right right I think she kind of had a feeling as well yeah she's like she's like wait a minute um you're the same person kind of i think she kind of knew but didn't didn't know until like the um towards the end yeah well there might have been a bit of guilty conscious too that or she was just willfully like ignorant about it like she wanted to it to not be that so she just ignored it I, I do love her comeuppance, though. She had uh, one of the best um, karmas of any Disney villain, the Baroness. Yeah, dying the same way that she killed the other person. Yeah, and just, just being yeah. taken away in, hand, in the back her, of the yeah. body wag. Yeah, watching everything you own become your enemies. Yeah, that's pretty it's pretty awesome. I love a good revenge yeah. film, so I mean, this, this ticked every single box. Mm, right. <laughs> Yeah, and overall, I think it was a good movie. I don't know why that person reviewed it as like a two. What is up with yeah. that person? I'm not. Gonna... Go oh, ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. The date. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I think that they went into watching the movie with a whole different mindset, and they were wanting it to be, you know, like the original, and they wanted all these answers, like. Maleficent gives you a lot of answers. It strings you along for a while, but it gives you all. It gives of you it. too many answers over the course of two films. Oh, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> hey, it's all good. Yeah, um, but like it gives you a whole lot of answers, and then like all of the other ones, it explains a whole lot. So they were expecting that instead yeah. of it being just a really good movie. Like take it for what it is. And then I think I've gone into every one of these live action remakes saying to myself, this isn't the same film. And, and if you compare this to the animated film, you're not going to have a good time. You have to divorce yourself from that. This is an entirely different film. It's, it is, yeah, it's more of an adult film more yeah. than anything. Like, this is, yeah, this is for all those like 90s and early 2000 young adults and adults that are watching it now. It's not for the kids. It's not Frozen, okay? Yeah, yeah. us cranky middle-aged men loved it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was a good movie overall. But um, some people, I don't know why some people don't like it. I guess it's not their forte or whatever. But well, it has a very dark, almost Halloweeny feel to it. Like is it um. This guy went on to say, or girl, whatever, went on to say um, it was like the uh, the director, Craig Gillespie, he gave it a lot of that like horror movie feel, which 
I don't agree with. I don't think it was a horror movie. So it was dark and edgy and grunge, but it wasn't like, you know, Saw to me. Honestly, I think had the film not been called Cruella, had it been a different character in, in that spot in the film, they wouldn't be saying that about it. It would be too light. It would be too much of a farce. It, would, it wouldn't be anything. You know, it would be too light, too funny, too comedy. It wouldn't be dark. Right. Are, it's Cruella, too dark because it's Disney. Right. And Cruella is a dark character. Yeah. Like, there's no way to get around the fact that technically, if you go with it, she's murdering animals and wearing furs and being awful to her employees and stuff. So if you kind of made it for a kid, you really kind of want your kid watching that. And there's no way to fluff it up for a kid if it's a live action movie. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the this one and the close one, the cleanest, I mean, the, the most kid-friendly version is the animated one, and she's closest to the source material, which is in, an insane character. Yeah. Definitely. I agree. Um, but, yeah, it's not really a kid's film. I think they made it for more adults, or, yeah. like, the kids that grew up with the 101 Dalmatians and 102 Dalmatians, and um, I think they made it more for them than a kid's movie. Yeah. I think Disney is moving towards that. Like, they're making a lot of movies that either have a lot of adult humor in it. Like, Despicable Me, there's a lot of references to things that only an adult would understand. But it's still good for the kids. And they're doing that. Like, Mulan, I, I feel like it's more of an adult movie than it is, you know, for a kid. It's not, like, dirty or bad or anything like that. But it's... It has a more adult view on it than for kids. Yeah. And I feel like they're really moving towards that. I don't know. I, I, the dirtiest joke I ever heard in an animated show, and I won't repeat it on this. If when you know, I say I, adult, I, you know, I mean just an adult yeah. reference. Like yeah. an adult would understand. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I. I because I got Disney Plus for the whole family, and my nephew is four. I think he's going to watch this this weekend, so I can't wait to hear what he thinks. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think if you really want your kids to watch the movie, it's up to the adult's yeah. discretion, um, and then you just might have to explain some of the stuff to them. Yeah. And, I, and I don't have kids, so I mean, I'm coming from that angle. But I like for me, someone who doesn't have kids, say I, I look at this and go, "Oh, a kid could totally watch this. This isn't violent. This isn't bad. This is. It, it never gets any it, too extreme." But but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it gets extreme, and I don't think Disney has done any that are really honestly extreme yeah. or really badly rated or anything. They're just moving to things that adults would like more. But they got stuck with Frozen for a while, and they're like, hey, we'll be nice to you adults for a little bit. It's taken eight years, but it's finally dipping. But also, right. I, think, I think because, you know, they bought Fox as well. I think because they bought Fox, they're trying to do more adult and kid, kind of do both right. contents. Yeah. No, that's what I meant. Like they're moving towards adding in movies that adults would like to, 
or movies that are just adult enough that the kid and the parent can have an enjoyable time watching. Yeah, I agree. Um, so what did you guys think of the movie overall? Like your rating of the movie, what do you think you would rate this movie? Out of 10, this is one of those rare times. I'm going to give it a 9.97. I love this movie. When it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm going to buy it. Even though I've already paid for it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Way Disney Plus, too. Um, what made you not give it a 10? Um... That final scene at the end, I didn't need to see her giving uh, Anita and Roger dogs puppies. Yeah. I could have been fine if they just capped it there. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that too. My guy, it was an excuse to, to use the song, but they could have just left it where they did. I think they were like, oh, crap. We've, we went so far away from the original. We got to tie in. Anita and Roger, like yeah. just an image or an afterthought. Yeah, but Anita also was, um, wasn't she the reporter for the newspaper yeah. or something yeah. too in the yeah. movie? Yeah. So, so she already knew her anyway from school as well. Yeah. I meant tying in the original, like Anita and Purdy and Roger and Pongo. Right. Yeah, because the way they leave it, we, we, we're expected to think that the events of the first film are coming down the pipe in about a year or two. And I kind of just don't see it. I don't either. I think a lot of movies need to just stop at one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't want a sequel. I'm good with this. This was fun. Or, I mean, if you're going to do, if you're thinking about doing two, Break it up like The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and have a few episodes. You know what? I could totally do Cruella the series. Yeah, I I think that would have been really awesome. I I could do, I would tune in every three o'clock in the morning when it's available. I'm there. (laughs) Maybe maybe they'll turn it into a series. Who knows? Uh, Emma Stone is probably way too busy, but I would be a thousand percent in for that as well. Yeah. You know. yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll happen. But it would have been nice, and it would be nice if they did do that. Yeah, I gave the movie a, um, a ten out of ten because I just really enjoyed it, and I just liked the steampunk part of it, and the um, and the way that the, that she was prescribed in the movie, and the way that it, the character was portrayed. Yeah. Okay. You know, what? I would be fine seeing only this version of the character going forward. And like I said, I never go do see characters in parks. I would mm-hmm. wait and get my picture with this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Would that not be awesome? That, that would, would be so really cool. cool. That would be awesome. I would, I would actually pay, I would actually pay, stand in line to see, to see that, to yeah. see her. I might listen in line. I might find somewhere far off and sit and watch and listen, but I'm lazy. I'm a sitter, not a stander. Are y'all ready to wrap this one up? Yeah. So, um, so, uh, 
thank you guys for listening. Um, this is the movie Corella. This is Sarah from Mouse Ears and Magic uh, podcast. And also she's on the Dislife Network. And this is uh, Jay from Grand Circle Tour podcast. And you can find us all on Facebook. Um, we're also on um, on Instagram. Popping the Popcorn is also on Instagram where you can find us on Facebook as well. And we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Have a good day. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.